All right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here with you on the Rebels 247 podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network with Inside the Rebels. Hope you're having a good morning here on a Thursday edition of the show. May the 19th. Good gosh, May the 19th. As this, what would it be considered? It's not a calendar sports year. We're wrapping up the sports season. I mean, we're getting through the spring. We're running to the end of the baseball year. Uh, And it's been... How would I rank this? If we went down that road of ranking this athletic season top to bottom, I want to say this will be one of the better years in terms of overall sports placement in the SEC. I mean, the football season was good. You, You had that to hang your hat on. Basketball season, eh, not so much. But other than that, and even the baseball, yeah, not so much. All right, even when you go beyond the big three sports and you start looking at everything else, like the golf team had a big day yesterday. But how, on what level do you guys care about those things? I mean, I follow it, but I'm in the minority. Most of you, I know you're not. And, uh, and any of the sports like that, you're going to focus on the big three. It matters what you did in football, basketball, and baseball. And two of those three have been bad. Um, Maybe there's a chance here at the end that baseball can correct that issue. So we'll see what happens there. Now, what do we want to get into today? Uh, This is always amazing to me. There's always recruiting information. There's always something to talk about. And I don't mean fabricated or you know, taking a story and trying to make it something that it's not. I'm not even talking about doing that. There's just always something. You know, something pops up every day and not just the meaningless offers that are going out where they're just, you know, offering, you know, every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there. But like uh, the news yesterday with with Diamante Tucker Dorsey, the, the, uh, the transfer portal linebacker that there's interest in. Um, we'll get into him in just a minute. There's always something. The Nick Saban quote that just came out. And then, look, Deion Sanders just fires back something at him. I was reading on Twitter a moment ago. There's also another something. That's a pretty funny comment from Saban. I'm, like, I'm assuming that's like that's satire of some sort, like a Babylon Bee kind of thing. Everybody is, is throwing money at players but Alabama. Uh, didn't, didn't see that quote coming from. That had the feel of the freeze one in, on a, in a different vein, but similar – Remember the whole, hey, if you if you know anything about these guys, contact compliance, you know, that that tweet. That's never a good idea. Not a good idea to single yourself out. Yeah, everybody else is paying these players, but not us. You know, we're doing it the right way. That it it doesn't help anything. He but I was answering somebody on the board and and yeah, I apologize here. I can't remember who I was re- responding to. I do agree with usually Saban is making a calculated statement there. However, he does have plenty of times when he gets loose with his comments. He gets frustrated at a podium or in whatever setting, and he feels the need. You can almost tell like his dander's up, and he's about to let let her fly, and the room's kind of getting into it. You know what I'm talking about. He does that on occasion. So some of the comments, I believe that was out of frustration. We'll get into that here in just a minute also. And then the the baseball, like I said, with A&M. 
here on national. There's no good national days either. So I can't throw that at you. It's it's devil's food cake day. Not a big devil's food cake guy. So I can't go down that road. Those cookies though, like the little devil's food cookies you can get, you buy them by the dozen, go to Walmart, like big fan of those. They have, I think there's some marshmallow in them. I think you know what I'm talking about. Love those things. Like you could sit and eat a, a bag of those and a gallon of milk. Like that, that'll put hair on your chest. That's a, that's a full day. I do like those, but yeah, devil's food cake, not a big fan, but we're not going to do a podcast on cakes for the day. Okay. I do want to start with this though. We'll do a Saban at the end and a Tucker Dorsey here at the end. This might be a little bit shorter podcast. Tim Elko, uh, Jared Redding put out a story yesterday and Jared's doing a, a bang up job covering the rebels for, uh, for two, four, seven. Put out news yesterday that uh, Tim Elko is a finalist for the Ferris Trophy. Listen, I know that the season hasn't been great, but that guy's had a, has he had about as quiet a year possible with the numbers he's put up? The average is not stellar. I mean, he's batting 301, but he's batting 339 in conference play. But the 19 home runs are second in the SEC. And the 60 RBI, that's also second in the sec like he's produced and this is a guy that is a name and somehow it's just kind of and i i guess it's just flying under the radar just because you know the wins didn't happen early in the year but he's been really good this year 19 home runs and 60 rbis is uh that's a full season but he's second in the league in both of those categories he's the the old miss rebel who will be representing the program uh, for the Buffaris Trophy that's going to be awarded Monday, May the 23rd at uh, the Pearl River Resort. Let me read that again to make sure. Five finalists will be in attendance on Monday, May 23rd when the Mississippi Band of Choctaw Indians and Pearl River Resort present this year's trophy, named after a legendary player and coach, Dave Buffaris. Usually, I thought that was at the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame, but you'll have that at the Pearl River Resort this year. I don't even know who out there is the main competition to win it. I would think that he's certainly in the, I mean, I would think he has a good chance to win it, but like I said, without knowing who all is in it, but quietly he's had a really good year and hopefully he can keep it up. Uh, we'll, we'll knock out baseball more tomorrow. Let's see what happens tonight with A&M. Let's see what happens tonight. And then we can spend a good bit of time tomorrow on that. Now I want to switch gears here. Judd for um, probably the rest of the show. I want to switch gears to football and recruiting. The Tucker Dorsey news that came out yesterday. I'm scrolling across Twitter, find uh, out that there's this FCA linebacker out there, Diamante Tucker Dorsey. And uh, Chris Hummer with 247 Sports, I think was the first person to get this stuff out there. And, and I'm not keeping up with what everybody's doing, nor do I really care about the whole credit thing. It, it's hard to get, I'll, I'll happily give people credit. I really, I have no problems with that. Don't care, but it's hard to do it when you're not following everybody else and have no idea who's put out what, but I saw this from Chris Hummer and he gets a story out that this guy from James Madison is blowing up in the portal. He's a grand transfer. He's a really good player. I'm looking at the story now. It's kind of funny. We'll tie this in with Saban here in a minute where NIL is involved in all of this. Hummer says Florida State, Texas, and Ole Miss just joined the list for him. This is Tucker Dorsey's quote about 
his name blowing up in the transfer portal. It's been everything I wanted it to be. I'm a high-level player and realized my value. Uh, my value. I'm not surprised by it at all. It's a lot. But I'm enjoying it for sure. I didn't get this coming out of high school. Look, some of these guys that didn't get the big recruiting visits and trips and you know their, their rear you know, kissed by the coaches through the process, yeah, they do enjoy this on the back end now being that guy that everybody's chasing and, you know, blowing in their ear, telling them how great they are. But he also mentions in there knowing your value, like it's just part of it. And I don't know how long this exists like this, but it's part of it. Somebody at James Madison and look, not just the money, but yeah, certainly a lot of it is the money an opportunity to go somewhere else and capitalize on playing college football and to make money doing it. Hey, hats off to you, man. Wish you nothing but, but the best but also a chance to prove yourself at a higher level and to go to the NFL looking no further than Mark Robinson wasn't even playing linebacker at the FCS level was playing running back and comes to Ole Miss. Not only a shot in the NFL gets himself drafted. You know, that's what playing in the sec can do. And, you know, now that I'm just thinking out loud here, that's a heck of a sales pitch that Ole Miss can present to this cat. You know, look, we brought an FCS guy in, wasn't even a linebacker. We moved him to, to the position, and he got drafted, and he's going to catch on. I'd be shocked if he doesn't make a roster or doesn't last out. Where did he get drafted? Was it the Raiders? Yeah, I hope I got that right. I bet I didn't, though. I'd be surprised he doesn't make it, though. Just that dude's character and his work ethic and how he plays the game, just like just reckless abandon kind of a player. That's a really good sales pitch that Ole Miss can put on him, uh, the Mark Robinson story. But this is out there. He does need a waiver to be eligible because he's in the portal after a certain date. And I have no idea the chances on that, what that looks like. Because with the NCAA right now, I have no idea what they're doing. You know, things have changed so fast. I don't even know how long they're going to be here. But last year... He had 116 tackles, nine TFLs, two and a half sacks, all American on the FCS level. So he has a chance to come in and be a difference maker for the right program. And I'm reading through his comments now. Listed in the transfer portal as a grad transfer, he did fail to enter before the May 1st deadline. So Tucker Dorsey needs a waiver to play right away at his next school. He'll be able to apply under the NCAA's old uh, grad transfer waiver policy that was in place before the on-time transfer rule came into effect in 2020. So we'll see what happens there. That is a name I've heard that, that you need to keep an eye on. And if there's any school out there that's killing it in the portal and not to bet against in the transfer portal sweepstakes for players, it would be Ole Miss. I mean, they've brought in not necessarily just the, just the primo talent. They've done that, that on some. Zach Evans was that. Michael Trigg was that. You know, Jackson Dart, I think, was more one of the – you'd have to consider him one of the three, four, five best quarterbacks that were available. So they have done that, but they've brought in a bunch of these guys. Kind of mid-level, you bring a guy in, hey, that's a solid starter. That's a solid starter. Maybe not a superstar, but they've, they've hit home runs with a lot of those guys. And this is kind of going down that same road. Now, we'll see what happens there. Let me tie that to Saban's comments, and we'll wrap this thing up. Saban comes out yesterday and everybody is after Jimbo Fisher right now. 
uh, everybody is after Jimbo Fisher. And basically, Saban says, and I'm going to find this quote here while I'm talking. He says that Texas A&M is, is paying everybody. And I'm looking at his comments here. Clay Travis, just this is where I'm seeing it right now. I don't think this was a calculated comment. Maybe it was at some point. I think this was a frustration comment from Saban. And he comes out and basically says, and I'm looking at the ESPN story now. I want to, I want to quote him before I get into it. This is the quote from Saban. I'll tell you where I agree, where I disagree. Just from what I hear, what I observe, what happens in recruiting. Been doing it since I've been doing this for a dozen years. Saban said uh, to an audience, that that's when you get in trouble. The audience is kind of hooping and hollering. You start feeling yourself and your dander's up, and then all of a sudden the mouth starts running. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, likeness. We didn't buy one player, all right? But I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. It's tough. Saban said Alabama players made $3 million last year, quote-unquote, doing it the right way, with only 25 players able to leverage NIL opportunities. Okay, I, I hate making this about individual coaches or programs. And I realize now as a, as a staff person with 247, there's a responsibility there. I might be more shoot from the hip on some of this if, I, if that wasn't the case. But I'm going to try and show respect to people. I don't like to single them out when everybody was paying for all these players, at least as long as I've been doing this. And the schools that won the most were the ones that were paying the players the most. Um, I saw Paul Feinbaum's quotes last year to uh, last week to the effect of some of these programs all of a sudden doing good. And he kind of, I think he mentioned A&M in Georgia, you know, they're going after these players with this money and Alabama didn't have to do that. Like that's, that's a LOL funny, uh, laugh out loud, hysterical funny. I don't know if these guys really believe that or not, but the players at the top of the food chain every year, They've been doing this for years and years, forever. They're getting a certain amount of money, and then you work your way down. Well, wherever those players ended up, that's where they got the money. So just go look at the schools who landed the most prospects from that group, and those were the ones that were figuring out a way to pay them the most. And I don't even mind that. I like that. I like the, the players being paid. We might regret it one day, and I don't know the right system. I just know it's been wrong for players for a long time. I'm not saying what we're doing now is right. I just know what we have been doing is wrong. It's like I believe ethically wrong. So it's rich some of these coaches now that have been blocking transfers for years to make a kid go to Timbuktu to play football. Now they're crying about players having a little power. I mean, give me a break on some of that stuff. But the idea that everybody's doing this with Bama, it's comical. If I was the program winning the most under the old under-the-table money system, well, then, yeah, I would much rather stay in the system where we're in the championship game almost every year. And some places now that this is more out in the open and it's easier to get money for it. Some places people don't like to be involved in under the table. Um, there's other places they have, man, recruiting machines that honestly, they're, it's impressive how they're able to put together packages for players before this year 
some players now above board money, it's helped them because they have more money in general. And now more people will give to it because they don't feel bad about it. So what A&M's doing is saving wrong about that. Of course, he's not wrong that they're doing it. He just gets it wrong whenever he's throwing shade at everybody else and then saying, oh, yeah, we don't do anything here. Um, that's just it's, – it's so disingenuous. It's, it, it's hard to believe some of these guys can say these things. You almost wonder if they've really put themselves in a place of so much – what's the word I'm looking for? Not disingenuous willful ignorance just hey i don't want to know what happens here you guys just make it happen i don't want to have knowledge you almost wonder if at some point maybe it's like this fantasy they're actually believing is happening i don't i don't know i believe they just don't and not this isn't just saving this all these coaches i just believe that group of guys they've just they've gotten to where they are but they have no shame like they have no problems talking about this in front of a, a microphone and just denying it because they have to and even now with Jimbo Fisher, I don't understand why he doesn't just come out and say, hey, look, yeah, we have a whole lot of NIL money. Everybody can cry about it. If I, This is what I say if I'm Jimbo Fisher. Again, I wouldn't single out a program. People can kind of fill in the blanks. Uh, yeah, that's right. This is Jimbo Fisher. I would say, yep, we have more NIL money than anybody out there. We're going to do it all by the book. We're not going to lure players here with the money, but they will be aware of what happens when players get here. So we want them to know if they're looking for NIL opportunities, we are the place to go, but we will be operating within the rules and doing everything by the book that's laid out by the Supreme court and the NCAA thus far. That's a sales pitch. I would absolutely say it. And then in my next breath, I would say the idea that other places have not benefited from paying players, not just now, but for years, is just nonsense. And I would probably do that without throwing shade at other places. But if you're not doing anything wrong and you're going by the letter of the law, then why not promote it? I absolutely would be doing that if I'm Jimbo Fisher. You hope your players, and look, and that's what they're doing. I mean, everybody knows. I kind of have an idea of what the average per player is over there. Just, you know, just through recruiting circles and channels and and they have a really good system with their collective. Uh, other, they're not the only ones, but they were big winners last year. You can look at the recruiting class and see what they did. But if you're the program that has been killing everyone in recruiting for years and dominating the sport because you have more players in that older system. Can you really now be crying about a new system where another school is doing the exact same thing you've done? They're taking advantage of it and building the roster and loading up on players so that you don't have a chance against them. You can't cry about it now. And that's what that sounded like to me. And I don't understand. I don't understand. Like Bama's going to suddenly not have players. They're going to have a ton of players. They're going to be great. Swap Roshas with them today. <laughs> in a heartbeat. All right, that's going to do it for the Thursday edition of the show. You guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.